Psychoinfanatic podcast time. Let's go off the record today. How about that with Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell? Coach was nice enough to let me barge into his office on Monday of this week, the Monday before fall camp. We like to do this before camp every year and um, kind of just assess the state of the program. Now, um, of course, the Off the Record podcast, uh, our series here that we've been doing, I don't know, four or five years or so with the Iowa Clinic, the Iowa Clinic Men's Center, uh, they are the presenting sponsor. And it's about more than just um, X's and O's. Don't do a lot of that with Coach. It's more of a laid-back conversation. We talk a lot of football theory, leadership, program building, that type of stuff. And uh, there'll be plenty of the football stuff for you guys here over the next few weeks. We obviously had that in Dallas a couple weeks ago as well. Um, This is different. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's a different side of Coach Campbell. He gets really passionate when talking about this stuff. That's why I like to do it on Off the Record because I think that he likes doing stuff like this because it's not just X's and O's and, you know, who's the backup running back going to be stuff like that of course it's brought to you by our friends at the iowa clinic and the iowa clinic men's center i don't just tell you about them i actually go to them i'm um, i'm going to the dermatologist this week actually yeah um you know it's something that every man should do they say once a year and i haven't been that good about that so i'm gonna go and take care of that coming up this week at the iowa clinic and i'm gonna schedule my annual physical as well i usually do that right before football season every year so that'll be coming up here in the next few weeks or so iowa clinic iowa clinic men's center the presenting sponsor of the off the record podcast i also want to encourage you guys um two things one if you enjoy what we're doing at cyclone fanatic you can always donate to our patreon page or you can become a cyclone fanatic premium user You can have ad-free experiences, extra stuff going on in the forums. Just look around for links to those. And uh, we're we're now selling officially licensed Iowa State merchandise on the Cyclone Fanatic store, teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. And, of course, we have new, fresh Cyclone Fanatic gear there. Got some sweet, sweet stuff. Got a sweet pocket tee. We've got the – I was – the Cyclone Radio Network gave me a black polo last year, and I wear it a lot, and it's an Iowa State polo. And I, every time I wear it, I have four or five dudes reach out to me asking where I got it. Not identical, but we have a very similar one on our team store. It's just a black and white Cyclone polo. You should go and check that out. I know that that's selling really well. seems to be a popular item. Uh, last but certainly not least, before we get to Matt Campbell, I want to get it on everyone's radar. Saturday, August 24th, we'll have our Cyclone Fanatic kickoff party at Barntown Brewing. We'll also uh, release the 2019 Cyclone Fanatic tailgate beer, courtesy of Barntown Brewing. That's coming up. Uh, we just secured, and I'm going to tell you more about it here in the coming week, but the family that we'll be raising money for, uh, we like to do that every year. I think we gave like fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 to a family in need last year in Des Moines. So that's coming up on August 24th, 2 o'clock. Set your calendars for that. Uh, go to the Cyclone Fanatic Facebook page, and you can RSVP. All right. Um, without any more, let's just uh, add free. We're not going to have any commercials in the middle of it. We're going to roll straight through. This is my Monday conversation. Um, had about 45 minutes with Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell. All right, guys, I'm up here at the Iowa State football complex today, and fall camp starts in like three days, and 
main man, uh, head coach Matt Campbell, kind enough to join me. You love this time of year. This is like your favorite time of year, isn't it? Yeah, it's like uh, you, you do uh, six and a half months of preparing for, for this. And, you know, I uh, it, it is. It's one of my favorite times of year. I just think the excitement, the energy, you watch what the, the amount of growth that your kids have made in the program. And then you, you, football's a funny game. You only get 12 guaranteed opportunities to actually play the sport that you prepare all year long for. And you know, I, I think this is the the one time a year where for at least three weeks you can kind of bunker up and there's no school, there's no yeah. academics, it's just football, it's your players, and it's kind of figuring out where are you really and then putting the tactical and technical together to become the best version of you you can be. But it's a great time of year. Do you uh, you always give like a answer when people talk to you about the like the football calendar yeah is this your favorite time of the year or would you like to say that you like the season more no i I, I don't believe that you like like the winter and stuff like that (laughs) i've heard you say that before i don't believe it yeah i you know i i think for me the two times a year that i i really do enjoy is i i really enjoy spring practice and i really enjoy fall camp because yeah that's the one time a year where where you can really develop at the sport of football you know and yeah. i think with the the rules and regulations how we have it with the ncaa it's it's hard to do that now obviously our the strength program in the summer and the winter is is so critical to your success but i think it's the one time that you can apply where you think you are what you think you are as a football team you can dissect your your strengths and weaknesses and then you can put a plan together for once the fall gets here that allows you to become the best version of you you can be but it's the one time where you can really dive into that without you know major distractions and i love that and we get hard knocks <laughs> yeah and we get hard knocks which which i love too which i love too are you looking forward to like the to the gruden season more or the browns last year well the browns was fascinating you know it was like it was almost like I was addicted to watching it to figure out what not to do you know like I, I'm watching it and it I'm thinking bad. I was like holy smokes you know what and you could almost wrote the script of what was going to happen and Gruden he, he's smart enough to where he's uh he knows how to play to the cameras and I it, we were talking a little bit beforehand just about like I've been fascinated with the preview clips that they're talking you know and he knows what he's doing but I I've spent even the last couple days I, I love just watching the uh, NFL network and watching you know camp and all, everybody's yeah. at these camps and you're getting the live cut-ins and I, I'm trying to steal a drill or two from oh, some yeah. of them but yeah. you know it, it's just it's fun to watch football back in 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 the excitement around the season David seems to be like the most popular guy in Chicago every time I log on to Twitter yeah. there's some reporter like tweeting out another touchdown yeah well I, I think the great thing for David and you know I, I think just it's so proof of he made a great decision he got to the right place at the right time and I think the NFL for a player is so critical right place right time in that league yeah and you know that he's getting the first round draft pick treatment with them not having a first or second round draft pick and I think that's exciting I think number two it's a need for them with what they did in the offseason at that running back position where he's legitly going in as a chance to be the number one guy in that room yeah yeah and and then I think for him you know I think he's off to a really good start you know I you and I both know him like I think he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's going in with something to prove and David Montgomery with something to prove is really dangerous so it's going to be fun to watch that whole story of all. Yeah Uh, unfortunately I'm a 
I'm going to have a hard time. I know. Those NFL North games. It's conflicting NFC for North you. Games. It's yeah. conflicting. I'll root for him. I, he's clones. Yeah. That that means more to me, but it will be tough when the two two Sundays. I get it. Out of the year. I get it. If it was a Bears-Browns game, <laughs> it'd be it'd be tough. It'd what do you think? Are, are, the Browns are like all of a sudden the like sexiest team in the mm-hmm. NFL. Is this a comfortable spot for you? Because I know that – you're not really into the, like the show, yeah. and there's a, there's a lot of show yeah. going on there. I, I think it's a little bit I, to me. It's got me on edge now. Skip, he <laughs> thinks we've already uh, won the Super Bowl, but yeah. I'm I'm on the other end of it where I, he was I, texting I'm, me that <laughs> last sure. spring, like about Super Bowl predictions. Right, right. Well, he, he yeah he he's already <laughs> he's already won it in his mind. But in my opinion, you know, there's certainly some skept. You know, I'm skeptical because I, I think the you you look at it and you you see some elite talent and you still question you know is when things get dicey when adversity hits how is that character in the locker room who's leading the locker room are they going to stay the course or are they going to start pointing fingers and I think that's a great challenge and and I think it's a first-time head coach you know I, I just some of the things he's done already have, have at least seemed been impressive from afar but you know watching that whole organization come together it's going to be fascinating because I think the one thing they've done high-end talent is the character equal to that and I still think it matters because the New yeah. England Patriots have shown and proven that it still matters okay so you led me right into like this topic I wanted to get into yeah and this is well beyond football I've been thinking about this a lot lately I, th- I think it's just you know we get older we have experiences we see and oftentimes what not to do in situations and I just think like anything in life like just self being self-aware is just so critical. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're selling insurance, if you're a football coach, right. if you're a football player, right. if you do what I do. And I guess that's the one thing I've liked about your teams the last – they seem like a very self-aware right. group of, of young people. And I, I often, uh, with the Browns, not, not the whole team, but like I wish Baker would just be a little bit more right. like, hey, you – you haven't beaten Brady yet. Right. Like you have, right. you know what I mean? Like right. I, I love Baker. Right. You know that he's one of my favorite players right. in the league. And then now we're, we're mixing in yeah. Odell Beckham. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Do you get what I'm saying about the self-awareness thing? Cause like to me, I just like, I yeah. see so many people like, and it's just, um, especially in professional sports right. these days, it, it seems to be like an underrated I character think, deal. I think humility is, is, a great it's a great challenge and I I think that you know when you know I think just even personally and I I think collectively that failure is going to occur yeah and is failure defining you or is failure you know something that you use as a platform to better yourself and I think that that's really really important and I think then how do you respond to failure I almost feel like you have to learn how to fail first before you learn how to succeed and then once you succeed you know number two is how do you handle success and and I, I think that's the thing that you see that that is fascinating, and you're right. You pro sports, and me and you have had our conversations about the NBA. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's really hard to watch right now, and and I I have a lot of respect, and I love basketball, especially in its best. And you know, I think even just watching some of that to, you know, the National Football League, and 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 some of some of those things. Like I said, I, I think some people in some organizations, it's like I, I did a deep study a, a couple years ago on 
why have some of these in the in the world of football some of these football cultures sustain success um and you know, you know i looked at the organizations obviously like in the patriots are, are a great example but the packers at the time were a great example of of sustaining success at a really high rate and you know you, you talked about some of the football the alabamas of the world and yeah. now what clemson's become like where and what are these people doing because it's not just it's not just man they've all got the best players there's a formula of humility and character that certainly does surround these programs that have sustained it the Steelers are another example yeah. like why are these teams and these organizations sustaining it and I do think one of the things is a self-awareness and the humility to say listen I don't have all the answers I'm going to continue to go find out what allows me to become the best or us to become the best and constantly evolving because I think in any business model there's a growth phase there's a plateau phase and obviously then there's there's the, the decline and then eventually the death and it's if you're not willing to continue to evolve and continuing to find out and grow, then I think you're going to plateau. And as soon as you plateau, gosh, it's really hard to recover, to get back into the growth phase. And I think that's why you have to constantly yeah. check yourself. That's, man, That's that just kind of hit close to home. Like the evolve or die thing. Right. Kind of just live by that. Right. You know, like right. in media. Right. Right. You have to. Like, right. Twitter didn't exist when we started this thing and yeah. like for you i mean think of all the different offenses and no everybody's always adding wrinkles right. and like your defense right. this year i'm sure you're gonna have some wrinkles right. that right because people are probably trying to figure you out right no doubt yeah, and, it's an interesting path to go down yeah and and i think not only in scheme but i think it's <laughs> it's in dev- i mean we're dealing with 18 to 22 year old kids how do you teach how do you coach how do you how do you empower and, and teach in, in terms of getting these kids to play for each other and getting them to trust not only themselves but their teammate and their coach and yeah I think that's I think so many I think so much of this especially in college football maybe maybe it's different in the, at the pro level but in college football I think it's it's such a it's such a really unique and in college athletics in general but it's such a unique dynamic you're getting kids that leaving home for the first time and have been raised you know somehow some way on a certain ethics and and now you all of a sudden you put them into a this whole competitive environment where you know you you, we all think back you you go to you go through high school and you grow up and you're growing up with your buddies in the same place at the same time for 17 18 years and now all of a sudden bam you're you're getting to it you get freedom (laughs) you get total new goals and aspirations and you get thrown into a really competitive especially at this level a really competitive environment where you go from being the alpha to all of a sudden having to start back over and I think that's it's hard enough for our young kids today but then to have that ego piece come into check I think that's challenging especially in Ames yeah especially in Ames you I I mean I remember being a freshman and I, I knew a lot of the I one of my best friends was a football player here so I knew a lot of the guys but I remember like them being treated like gods right. like with the be walking around on the street right. and like people right and that was back before people were like oh i want a selfie so i can put it on instagram right. like it's got to be more right. now well i i think the thing that that we've constantly talked about is and and i said this 
three years ago and and we've talked about it ever since is is handling success and you know i i think one of the don't get me wrong the greatest beacon that we've been able to build our program on is our fan base it's been the one constant that we were able to recruit off of and as our program has continued to grow it's our fan base that has continued to intensify and it gives us a great advantage whether it's in recruiting or whether it's those seven Saturdays in the fall in Jack Trice Stadium or if it's taking those recruits to Hilton Coliseum for watching Coach Prohm's team play the fan base is awesome but you also have to understand as you're dealing with an 18 to 22 year old that man those those expectations are the hint of high end success and and you know a, a player has a good game or a good day you know all of a sudden now it's on twitter it's on social media it's on all these things and can it's so easy to allow your ego to say Man, I've arrived yeah, or I man. made it, and and it, it it's not just eighteen to twenty two year olds. It's it's the thirty nine year old coach, or it's the it's the it's the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, and it's and to me, it's not so much the failure when negative things are being said. It's it's buying into when all the positive things are being said about you, and all of a sudden you actually think that you've arrived, and you think you are something you're not. And you go away from what allowed you to really become successful. And that's the work ethic and the time and the commitment. And I, I just think that's a growing phase. But I think it's trying to educate your kids on that and, and the players on that. And, you know, having some some player ownership into that where, yeah, you yeah. know, the kids can keep each other in check a little bit, too. And I think we're finally at that phase. OK, I just did a deal last week on the radio show where I named five coaches and programs that I tab like my, my favorite, not like as a fan, but as kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. And I'll see if you, where you come down on these. Okay. You, you were obviously there. Um, Patterson, at yeah. TCU. I mean, I feel like they're just ripe for a bounce back year just because of Patterson. I don't even know his roster that well. But it's Patterson. Yeah, I don't know his roster very well either, but I know that I agree with you 100%. And, you know, I, I kind of said that, you know, jokingly a little bit a couple weeks ago like you got two coaches veteran coaches in our league and the two guys that have been in the league now the longest and they've won like they've done what we have aspirations at some point to build here at Iowa State they've lived it they're living it they're continuing to live it and you know you, you I agree with you wholeheartedly about Gary Patterson because I think there's there's always been a constant and the constant is they're going to play elite defense and he's is he's an elite defensive mind yeah you know whether it's you know they're in a great place for recruiting they've got their as athletic as anybody in our conference in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, one the 120 on their roster, and then you throw in a great defense of mine and core values and tradition of success. I, I'm with you 100%. I've got a lot of respect there. Of course, Leach, the yeah. man. You know, and I think what, what Mike Leach does differently – is his core values are built around the simple he's mastered the simplicity at least from an offensive perspective and he's hired great defensive coaches and I think the the defensive hire starting with Alex Grinch and then yeah obviously the you used to play with him right I I did okay and so I thought you know and and Alex did a great job 
giving validity. I think that's when you saw a great spike in that program. And then they hired the former Tracy Clays, the former head yeah, coach of really Minnesota, good. who's phenomenal and yeah. was with Jerry Kill. And we compete against each other in Northern Illinois. And so he, he's smart enough to know what his his strengths aren't. And then he's also smart enough to build an offense around the fact of the matter of it. It hasn't changed yeah. in six in, in his whole career. He's had the he's had this ability to stay simple they know their answers and they don't beat themselves and I think that's a huge piece of like why is Mike Leach so successful he's mastered simplicity and Hmm. he's had the this unique ability to stay the course with simplicity and not change his views and as as I think as we everybody loves the the quirkiness and the uniqueness that he brings to the table and I I do too because I find him fascinating but what I do respect about him from a football standpoint is the simplistic core values that 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 offense runs by. And you know what? It doesn't matter who they're playing. They know their answers. They know what they're doing, and they're not changing. And they're going to do it and do it and do it, and they master the simplicity. And I think that's powerful. Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern. Yeah, I think I think probably Pat Fitzgerald is. There's some parallels to the you know mastering the whole person and it's not just offense it's not just defense it's not just special teams it's it's mastering unification of of team um mastering developing leaders within the program and you know getting a team and a program to be its best and continue to consistently grow and i I think there's probably a lot of similarities and parallels to the beliefs of building a football program from my end oh you guys remind me a lot to a lot of each other to watch and fit and what he's done and you know one of the got named the head coach and and went and spent a bunch of time when I got to name the head coach of the University of Toledo with Fitz and and I, I a lot of respect for him and and certainly his loyalty to staying in Northwestern building that program and certainly where they've come from, you know where they've yeah. come to you know playing in a Big Ten championship game and and obviously continue to watch them grow you'll notice a theme here because I like the guys who are at like non-traditional right powers and I mean it'd be Bill Snyder but he clearly he's retired. Yeah, I but think, I mean, just that model. I mean, literally, yep. nobody's ever won there other right. than Bill Snyder. And 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 his, I think the way he did it, you know, and and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think very similar to to Coach Fitzgerald of, you know, here's a core values, here's a plan. We know who we are. We know what the integrity is. Build the whole person become the best we can be win in the margins you know and, and Bill Snyder lived it and it was great to compete against him to see it firsthand too and I you know I had a lot of respect for him prior to even coming to Iowa State and competing against him watching him from afar I was fascinated and you know I, I think watching his teams play it was even in the moment in some of those games and you know really every game we played against them it was a possession here, a possession there. In the in you know the first two years, it, he literally beat our you know he got us to beat ourselves. You, you know, guys, it, you guys it, got robbed two years it, ago. It, it, and, I'll and say it. He, you can't. I'll say it. Right, right, wrong, or indifferent. <laughs> but 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 still, this guy makes you beat yourself. And I think you walk away from there and you're saying, 
dang, like this guy, yeah. you got, they got us, you know. And yeah. and I I think no matter how you how you say it, you know, it's it's and not only did he do that to, to us in those two two years, but you watched him masterfully do it in so many games in so many situations and and you know i agree with you wholeheartedly on that too i i hate to even bring it up but you remind me some of the things you say a little bit of kirk ferentz too well you, when you were going off about like long snappers right. and how much you love long snappers right. right i was like holy crap this is like kirk ferentz quote well i, I think you watch you watch what he's done through his test of time and and obviously you know if you don't say you don't have great respect for that then i think yeah. you're you're you know you're just not being honest with anybody i've got a great deal of respect for how they run their program how he's run his program the test of time that he stood for what he believes in and to be honest with you i think that you know it's shown and and it's it's been one of those things where the discipline and and you see the background that he's come from it it, it is it's I, you love competing against those people because you, at some point you want to build a program that that has those core values because it's stuff that you believe in. And so I, I do have a lot of respect for, for Coach and certainly how they've built their program and, and how they do things. That's good stuff. So you're, that's an okay top five by year? Yeah, I think, I that, to... I think that's a pretty good top five for okay. sure. Yeah. I just wanted to check because – I, I have my core group. Yeah, yeah, I have my basketball coaches too. But that I was uh, that'd be a great discussion for me or you too, because I, I I could get into I can get into that for a long time too. Yeah, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite college bat other than Prom? Yeah, I, I I'm a big Steve Prom fan. <laughs> so you know, like I I think I I would go Coach Prom number one, and and uh, like I told you with Coach Prom, I I think what I love about him is he does a lot of things that are that are probably my weakness in some in some ways and and I, I think we have been able to learn so much off of each other and be able to to sit to share to, to be able to conversate you know yeah. and even at times during the season that I think we've been able to help each other out I'm a big long Kruger fan yep he'd probably be top of my list yeah I'd say if I if I had to exclude Steve yeah yeah well fascinating in in what he what he's done and everywhere he's touched well, another guy though if you look at it, I mean, Florida, which is a nice program, good right. place to recruit, but Kansas State, right. one in Las Vegas, right. which I'm learning through TJ, like all the challenges, challenges that come with that job, that he goes to Oklahoma, completely rebuilds them, right. and he does it like there's not a character flaw that you can find on the guy. Yeah. I'm a big fan of his. Well, and I, I think, you know, Brad Stevens is yeah. is a fascinating, you know, and, and, and obviously what's been fascinating that he even took the jump to, to the to the NBA and what he's done in Boston, but I think he's he's a fascinating name to throw into to that situation and, and Popovich in Popovich in, in San Antonio and you know, I, I think those are small market high end, you yeah. know, and then not the Boston situation but, but what Pop's done and those guys are fascinating. I, I think those guys even even more so sometimes when you're talking about dealing with high-end elite and there's only 12 to 14 of them like holy smokes now like you know yeah. I, I think those challenges are really unique in the, in the basketball setting you brought up Stevens so like basketball is kind of interesting to me in the sense that you you're all of a sudden seeing like these guys who are coaches who really didn't play the game at a high level yeah. they're just analytics guys and they've right. worked themselves through you know the ringer to get to where they're at how much do you guys use analytics because you don't hear about it as much in football but over the last five years you're starting to see like i i 
I made a declaration at media day this year, and I hope that my colleagues follow me. We're not talking about total offense anymore. Right. We're not talking about total defense. Right. Stop, right. because there's so many better ways to gauge what Success. we're doing. You no know, doubt. Just, where does your football program land? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think we've grown immensely in, in in the analytic world. You know, we we start our Sundays off. You know, each game week in 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 analytics, and then I think we. You know, we fastly get ourselves to proving what we see on the videotape doesn't match it. And sometimes yeah. I think numbers can be skewed. And sometimes I think, you know, even the analytics of things can be skewed when you talk like red zone touchdowns and, you know, when do they come? You know, like like I think the touch, some of that stuff is so skewed out there. But I think there's there's a lot of analytics out there that, man, what are these one or two or three things that analytically we can do to better ourselves? or give ourselves the best chance to win week in and week out. And then what are those analytics that we measure? And I think one thing that's fascinating is we do a deep dive every year into our own conference because I think sometimes you look at the national, like, well, you start to throw in different conferences and how you rate them, how you judge them. I think that's skewed. But when I think, like, the nice thing about our conference is you get even numbers because everybody plays everybody. Like, what are those analytical numbers, those hot numbers, those trigger numbers that are telling the story of what it takes to win in the Big 12? And then I think how you shape practice, how you shape fall camp, how you shape some of these things, that's what I've learned and taken from analytics of, you know, should we practice just first down all the time? Like, no, you know, actually, you know, you probably get in a game, you know, you probably get so many third downs. You better make sure that you're putting a portion of a good portion of to situational football and what situations should you attack? What are, you know, everybody says you got to do this, this and this, but do you really, you know, what's the analytics say? What are the numbers say about it? So I, I think we've used a lot of analytics that's grown immensely and in my opinion, especially with us and, and probably even in my own growth over the last four, you know, the last four years where I think it's a heavy piece of dissecting those margins that we need to fill in for us to be successful here. So it's something that I've really enjoyed. And then I think even when you talk about numbers and analytics, I think you can throw that into the development of a player, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're talking about strength gains and you're talking about health and you're talking about how you identify maximizing a player's full potential to be its best at possible. It possibly can be, and I, I think that's fascinating too. And that's another world where, whether it's analytics or or what you want to call that, I think it's it's become a fascinating structure of building eighteen to twenty two year olds to be the best. Okay, so you, you led me into a kind of a football theory. I want to bounce off of you. Mm-hmm. Would Hakeem Butler have been? Because I, I want to draw this parallel to the Baker Mayfields and the Patrick Mahomes and the Kyler Murrays being in the spots that they're in right now. Yeah. Okay. Would would Hakeem Butler have been a first round pick like ten years ago? My question is: Is the style of wide receiver kind of changing with that? And I'm I'm skeptical that we're not just in a little bit of a I don't want to say a funk, but we're in a different little bit of a yeah. spot right now mm-hmm. with NFL football. Because I don't know, I don't ever trust anything in football, Matt. I'm always waiting for like the next chess piece. No doubt. No. So like. Receiver-wise, are we now valuing the Tariq Milton types more well, than the the big dudes? I think what we have to remember is the college game and the pro game are drastically different. 
And I know as a fan, that's hard to, to say, well, well yeah. what do you mean by that? We go that? to bed Saturday. We sure. just watched a day of football. And now we're going to watch another one. Yeah. And, and, and the passing game is what's drastically different. The, the NFL has made the rules to be where the quarterback is totally running the show in the National Football League. You know, in the National Football League, a defensive back cannot touch a wide receiver. Yeah. So what what has happened is these elite corners in the National Football League, elite speed, they have the ability to break on a dime. They're 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 have this ability to run and get out of their breaks. So what in turn these NFL teams, you got to be able to run. Yeah. The size does not matter. It's this ability to separate out of your break. It's the ability Well, you say, well, man, I, I see player X, Y, and Z just runs by people. Well, guess what? These corners, like, look at, look at the, look at the, go to the draft board and watch what the, what the top 10 corners came out. Like, they're all running 441 or 438. Yeah, they're helpless. So the, it's, it's what's happened is the game's changed dramatically because the rules used to say, man, I, I can touch, I can, I can jam guys. I can get my hands on them. We can, you can't do that to, in the National Football League. And in college football, you can. You know, it's still a game where you can put yeah. your hands on people and you can you can be physical with those receivers. Well, you know, the National Football League, they're throwing a flag on you all the time. And so I think that's one thing where the big receiver, and I know we've lived it with Allen and Akeem the last couple of years, where not only those guys were big receivers, well, in, in the college game, there was such a matchup issue at times because, you know, they could be physical and in, in a physical one-on-one battle. Those were hard guys to, yeah. beat, to beat up. But now it's about timing and ball placement, and it's about getting out of your route. And, it, and I think those things are, you know, if you can't do that, to be honest with you, half the NFL teams, they throw, you, they throw your videotape out, you know, and yeah. now only you're a red zone threat, you know, or you're a, you're a this threat instead of, you know, I think the elite receiver in the National Football League, they got the ability to get out of breaks. They got the ability to separate. They've got the ability. They got to have the ability to catch the football with great consistency. And I think those are things that are that the NFL organizations are looking for. And I think it's been really good to kind of go through even with our guys what they did really well and where are those areas they can t- continue to get better at because I think it helps us be better teachers as we continue to develop guys. See, you think dictated off of the rules that it's going to be we're going to have some longevity with this current style yeah i i think i think the nfl portion of it is certainly trying to advocate you know that aspect of things well and that's great if you're a big 12 fan sure like i am because i love this yeah like, this is great for yeah me. no doubt but i no. i totally see what you're yeah, right it's, it's totally yeah. reshaped. And in my opinion, it's totally reshaped it. And again, I think that's why you've seen, mm. um, you know, those kind of wide receivers be at a premium and the bigger, taller receivers, you know, maybe that aren't the, the elite speed guys. Those are the guys that have fallen down in the board a little bit. Okay. Uh, just a couple of questions on your team before I let you go. Yeah. I know that you got a lot going on. Um, I love the def- defensive line. Mm-hmm. I feel like this group is potentially top five in the country am i am i overplaying it yeah you just you got so many guys there there's a lot of there's a lot of guys there i think that it's a group that certainly has again has had great has great experience has shown to step up in big moments and now i think one of the key pieces is can they 
can they finish this out the way they've started it? And again, I think the other dynamic now is everybody's telling them they're good, you know? And so can they handle that? Um, What I would say is you got guys like Jaquan Bailey, who I think has grown immensely and still has a lot to prove himself. I think you got Ray Lima, who has, you know, with elite humility, has really changed our locker room from the day he stepped into our our football building and then you got any at least leading the charge and a guy that I still think's got a lot to prove himself and can his can his what his end ability how close can he continue to get to where he wants to go in terms of what his ability level really is and then you got Matt Leo you got Jamal Johnson you know you got Zach and Blake Peterson and you got you got a lot of names of, of guys that I think are really pushing the play too. So the thing that's nice there is there's competition. There's really good leadership. I think that, you know, obviously they've gotten a lot of credit. They deserve a lot of credit for what's happened, certainly in the past. But with what's happened in the past and with getting credit, it only puts a bigger bullseye on you going into the future. So where are you doing and what are you sacrificing to become, you know, ready to handle those situations and challenges? And I think this group's done a great job of that, but uh, time will tell. Man, I, one of my favorite games was the West Virginia game yeah. last year because wasn't that the game Leo – or not Leo. Um, Lima. Lima had to sit out. Yeah, yeah. Lima yeah. was out. And... Yeah. I just remember – I was like, oh, crap. Because <laughs> I'm a huge <laughs> yeah. Ray Lima guy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, boy, they really didn't drop off. Johnson came in and everybody picked it up. And that was when I kind of just clicked like how good that group is. Yeah, and, I, you know, I think Jamal and, and, and Matt Leo are, are two guys that – really don't get enough credit you know I I think Jamal that game proved his worth but I think you even go back to the year before and the the bowl game and I thought Jamal was probably the best defense lineman in the game you know in 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 Memphis and then you know the West Virginia game and Jamal that nose nose tackle position boy if you don't have three of them then I think because it's just so hard and and then Matt Leo I mean the job that he did I think there was good times and you know there was growth through his experience when anyone down but I, my favorite part for for Matt was you know the bowl game when you know when any you know gets removed from the game and and Matt Matt goes in and and I thought you know really the most production the best best football he played which is really exciting for us because if he can pick up certainly where he's left off then I think he's got a chance to have a really special year too how do you um how do you like this this group up front on the other side. Yeah, I, I I really like the mentality that it's taken from the end of last season and the growth that it's made. And you know, I think this is this is a group that has their they know they're the catalyst that if we want to continue to improve as a football program and take another step, that it's really hinges on their back, especially on a year where you lose mm-hmm. some erasers. You know, you yeah. you lose some guys like David Montgomery where, you know what, it was third and one, and if you just kind of got in, you know, in the way of somebody, he's going to make you right, you know, where, you know, yeah, it was third and six. And if you just held, you know, if you protected just long enough, you know, Akeem Butler was going to get open. Well, now this group's going to have to be the catalyst to usher in who's these next X factors, who's getting the ball in third and one, third to two, who's going to be able to do it. Do you want to go win those, those, those really critical games? Because great teams have the ability to run the ball in the fourth quarter and have the ability to, when it's time to 
get third and one or fourth and one in critical moments, they're the guys that have the ability to do it. I, I like it. I think you're going to be more aggressive this year. That's my that's my prediction. Yeah. Matt Campbell and the play callers, we're gonna we're gonna loosen things up because we don't have 32 to hand it off to. Well, I I, I don't think that's you know that's not a negative of you know I think what you said is, is right. Like my whole thing. I'm just is, going back to Oklahoma State last year, man. Well, I I think you're right in some ways where you know it's the best player the best player yeah. like I, I'll be danged if I'm not going to put the ball in the best player's hand and let the best player who go, never go, fumbles go, by the way right <laughs> go go have success in in the situation and I think the nice thing for us for the first time since we've been here we go into a season where at least you have a really good understanding of who those guys are up front you have tight ends but you also have a quarterback and I yeah. think the quarterback allows you to kind of build around and you know last year um i think you know similar situation to a point we kind of knew who kyle was we built an offense around kyle and four weeks into the season we're totally changing you know and i think it's a situation now with brock not only can we think for just the short term but can we think for the long term and really build it around him? And, you know, now he's the guy that has the ability to facilitate where the football goes to. And as long as Brock knows the answer, back to Mike Leach, the quarterback knowing the answer, you know, and confident in what the answer is on every play, that's when special things happen on offense. You know, it, the game is too fast today that if it's – is it about the offensive coordinator or the head coach or whoever's calling the play, I, I really think that's overrated. I think it's what's the quarterback know, how does the quarterback distribute the football, and how does the quarterback put you in the best situation if you want to talk about being elite in those categories my and favorite, be special. My favorite thing is the Twitter in the games. <laughs> The play calling Twitter. Yes. Every, I could, oh, my. I can only imagine. Flea Flicker. I can only imagine. Come on. Yes. Let's do some run and shoot. Hail yeah, Mary. I, I'm a coach's son, so I, <laughs> I, I used to always laugh and chuckle when uh, when I sat in the stands and heard the same thing. Oh. So I, I can only imagine, and it's part of it. That's why they're called fans. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time. No, thanks I, for coming. It'll be a crazy week. You got, like, the, the media day. And practice starts on Friday? Yeah, so practice for us will, will start Friday. And, you know, I, I do – I think that's the other thing that's changed a little bit with some of the rules. You know, we, we, we've we really had a good July. And not to say we can be out there practicing, but at least we can out there kind of getting the fundamentals and foundation yeah. down to where we want to go. And, and then, you know, with fall camp starting, you, you, you almost start a, a way ahead of the game today. So, you know, we'll, we actually split our first two practices, um, you know, our – roster because those are helmet only practices and I still really believe kids learn by doing so you know I I think we get a really good snapshot of at least the skill set so the first two practices are a little bit shorter but we split them one group goes in the morning the other group goes in the afternoon and and then we'll take a break we'll kind of reassess and then we'll kind of really get into the thick of it then so that's Friday Saturday Sunday's a little bit of an off and walk through day and then and then uh, or an off and meeting day and then on Sunday or on Monday we're kind of at it 100 miles an hour you know and really getting into the grind of camp and um, nothing like getting into the grind of the camp because I think it'll start to really tell the story of who we are you know when it's uncomfortable and I don't feel good um, I'm sore you know who's working through it who's leading through it and who's grinding through it and to be honest with you in a sick way I I can't wait for it because that's, that's one of my favorite things to watch the character and the leadership and who are we really when things are uncomfortable and you like your late nights in this room i do like my late nights in this room yes i I, i'm I'm getting myself stocked in every way to prepare for that you got plenty of like red bull what are we 
Yeah, yeah. still a spark. Yeah, yeah like spark. I, spark a little bit. Yep, yeah. I'm trying to get healthier. You know, coffee. You know, I just started drinking coffee a year ago. I was never Shut a coffee up. guy. Are I you did. serious? I did. You got the, I drink like a pot a day, man. Yeah, well, you're 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 ahead of the game. I now, love I, it. now I think too much coffee can go with it, go the wrong direction. But actually, that's true. Yeah, but I but I do. There are <laughs> positive health effects to at least a cup of coffee. So, yeah, I, I, we're ready to go. No, we're we're anxious, and um, you know, this there's there's great challenges ahead, and and certainly with great challenges come great opportunity it's fascinating to me that you just started drinking coffee a year ago like, i'm sorry and this will annoy some fans that i'm spending time on this yeah yeah that's all right it's fascinating to me yeah yeah i i was drinking a pot of coffee a day in college yeah you know i i never needed it and i still don't feel like it's, i need it and i don't mean to say that but but no, it's not a need it's kind of it's just a comfort it's thing. a comfort thing yeah and it's and, addiction but i but i will say i i have enjoyed um you know just just black coffee and i've enjoyed it Yeah, don't and put the crap in it no that, no well i'm trying to trying to be healthy so i can be my best you when do I need look to be. good like but i didn't know like if it's because you just don't eat no, yeah, sometimes it just it, depends what part of the season okay. it is. It depends what I'm trying to make healthy, conscious decisions. I am too. Yeah. I I I kind of like just hit me like I don't know a month ago. Yeah. Well, you've been through a lot this this Yeah, like it's just like you got to like quit being an idiot. Yeah. At yeah. some point, right? You know, I, I, I had the same thing. I You know, I lost both my grandparents, a, you know, a year ago. And I think it, it sometimes when you lose some of those really special people close yeah. to you, I think it it says, man, like, you really got to do a deep dive Wake on, up. On, on saying, hey, listen, I, I got four kids. And, yeah. you know, I want to I want to be there for, for those kids at some point and, and make sure that, you know, making great decisions in every walk of life. So, well, yeah. take care of Goalish, too. Yeah. No, no, Goalish at the <laughs> Him making healthy decisions is a challenge, I told, you, and I challenge him constantly, as you can only imagine. I told Golish it's, he better earn his paycheck this year. Yeah, like I'm, I'm just you know the, we saw some tight ends come around right. last year. Looks really positive. That's but right. Like you know this whole like. We've been waiting for these Iowa State tight ends to break out yeah. for like two decades now. Well, right? and and so Cyclone Nation, <laughs> any problems that you have, Coach Golish's emails on on the website. They got to go right to him if they're if they're not getting it done. He's so. one of the most popular podcast guests. I've oh, ever I had. can only imagine. Yeah. Believe me, I can only imagine. No, Alex does a great job. We and, love him. He's yeah, a great guy. He's awesome, and I, I think he's got uh, he's got those guys primed and ready to go. Good. It'll be a fun group. Thank you, Coach. All Appreciate right. you, and uh, we'll. Uh, We'll be with you every step of the way. I appreciate it greatly. Look forward to it. All right, buddy.